freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 Central. We have a good show lined up for you here today. We're going to be continuing our ongoing discussion of natural law, natural law's principles, its manifestation in the world and in our lives. And specifically today, we will be covering the very controversial uh, topic regarding natural law of force versus violence and really deeply understanding the difference and there is a gigantic difference between these two things as a matter of fact they're complete polar opposites so we'll be looking into that a little bit later on uh, today I'm actually uh, today is October 16th 2011 and I am actually just fresh in from the um, uh, MUFON PA East Coast Conference that happened over this uh, this weekend. I actually uh, left the conference just a bit early today to uh, be uh, live here today on, on the air on Oracle and it was just a, a great time, just phenomenal speakers that uh, blew everybody away with tremendous amounts of information, uh, left a lot of uh, food for thought for everyone there. I want to thank all the organizers of the conference uh, and the people at MUFON for uh, hosting such a great event. It was uh, definitely a learning experience and uh, anybody that has a chance to check out uh, a conference that's hosted by the Mutual UFO Network if you are uh, interested in the UFO phenomenon and associated uh, paranormal phenomenon. Uh, you won't want to miss their events because they're really well put together. So um, I do have one event announcement that I'd like to read for uh, an event that's coming up in the Philadelphia area uh, on this uh, short segment and then we'll jump into our topic for today in the next segment. So uh, this um, uh, actually, two Wednesdays from now, a Wednesday, October 26th, 2011, at 7.15 p.m. right here in Philadelphia at Media Bureau Studios. Media Bureau Studios is at 725 North 4th Street. That's the corner of 4th and Brown. The activist group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, uh, who I work with in this area, 
will be hosting their free monthly documentary screening and discussion night. That's Wednesday, October 26th. It's going to be happening at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. Uh, the film for this month is called Defense Against the Psychopath. Defense Against the Psychopath. And the description of the film is, what is psychopathy? What are the personality traits and behavioral characteristics of psychopaths? Why is it so difficult to identify a psychopath? What are the best defensive strategies for dealing with psychopaths once they have been discovered? What does any of this have to do with truth, freedom, and prosperity? Well, you'll have to come out to this great documentary screening night and discussion night to find out. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. I'm Mark Passio. We'll be right back. We're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I'd like to direct everyone up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com. If you're not already listening there, uh, as most people who listen to this show know, I post uh, associated images along with uh, each show so that people can uh, get a visual representation of some of the concepts and ideas that uh, we discuss here on the show. So up on the radio show page, if you go to whatonearthishappening.com and you click the radio show tab, uh, you will see underneath the player on that page images for today's show. And I did uh, update this pretty late because, again, I got in uh, late from the uh, from the conference today, this afternoon. So um, I did update it kind of last minute. There should be 12 images you should be seeing, 12 links there for images. And... Um, if you don't uh, see all 12, you might want to refresh the page. So um, 12 images up there, and we're going to be, again, uh, discussing um, force versus violence here today, a concept within natural law. And those 12 images are going to, I'm going to be referring to, and I'll try to do my uh, best about uh, naming which image I'm talking about. I do want to mention one other thing that's up on the website from last week that I posted with podcast number 80, and I uh, believe I said last week that I was going to post this graphic that I had made to try to, um, in a very small amount of space, try to convey a very big idea uh, that uh, represents the real political spectrum in a graph, okay, as a function of consciousness, the type of government that we have in any given society or in the world for that matter uh, as a whole as a function of the amount of consciousness that exists in that given society. So that graph is up there posted with podcast number 80 and I posted it as a PDF document uh, with all of the fonts embedded so that uh, it's pretty much resolution independent. You could blow it up and print it as big as you would like to print it. Um, I highly recommend the people attempt to um, show this, uh, this graph to others and try to get them to understand it because this is how natural law functions. In other words, if we are going down in consciousness, natural law is always going to make sure that we get a more chaotic and enslaved 
experience. And that means totalitarianism in some form or another. See, people think there's such a big amount of difference between communism and fascism in this uh, fake political spectrum that's taught in schools. And there is no difference between them. They represent total control. Same could be said with capitalism and socialism, which are just different forms of control leading to even deeper control. Okay, so these don't respect individual rights, either one of these. Okay, just because you don't believe in money doesn't mean you're automatically a socialist. Okay, I'm looking for real freedom, not a false idea of freedom that is handed to us by the establishment that we're supposed to buy into. So um, to relate this with uh, you know these protests that are going on before we jump into our main topic for tonight, I went down and checked out um, Occupy Philly in my city here uh, last week, and I have to tell you, um, I, w- I wasn't really impressed at all. I was actually somewhat horrified by the lack of knowledge that is displayed by these people who are out there protesting and really don't understand any of the causal factors that have led to the current condition in this world that we have right now. So um, they're out there with you know two of the three things that are necessary to create any true change, which is a good start, but without the, the third all-important ingredient, you're not going to get much done, and you're always going to be able to be co-opted and led in a different direction, a direction that you don't want to go down, or maybe even some of them might actually do want to go down. But uh, they have care. They do care about the situation that's at hand. That I can, I can give them. And they do have the will to actually get up you know, off their asses and uh, get out into the streets and try to do something. I don't know how effective that action is going to be, though, without the all-important third ingredient of consciousness, which is knowledge, okay? They don't have enough knowledge. They're extremely ignorant on a lot of different things, and it's very apparent just speaking with people for a very short amount of time, the level of ignorance that exists there about the causal dynamics of these problems. They're raging against the effects. And as I read last week on the show, when I read a little bit from a little another excerpt from The Stellar Man by John Baines, you can not solve a problem dealing with it at the level of the effects that are experienced, that are manifested. Those are manifestations that come from a form of consciousness which is the primary causal factor that led to that condition or manifestation in order to change the effect you cannot stay on the plane of effects again i likened it to hating the movie that you're watching okay on the television or at the movie theater and screaming at the screen You got to take the DVD out of the DVD player and put a new one in. You change the actual code that's being read. Or you got to go back to the projection room and you have to change the film that's being projected onto the screen. You have to rise above in consciousness, get out of the plane of effects, and get to the plane of causality. Causality. And the only way you're going to reach that plane of causes is by coming up in consciousness yourself, 
You're never going to be able to solve that problem at the same level of consciousness where the effects are manifested at. It doesn't work that way. That's just how natural law functions. And that, unfortunately, to, to give my personal report after having been there for the better part of a day, I have to say that is my assessment of the situation. It is a lot of ignorance there about things that really do need to be known and not just peripherally, but deeply understood. And that knowledge is not present. It's not present. And unfortunately, from the, the vibe that I got while there, these are full cups. And what I mean by that is try to fill a cup with something new that's already full. You can't do it. These people are walking around thinking that they hold a lot of knowledge and a lot of know-how about what's really going on. And I, you know, I know it sounds arrogant to some people to, that, that I'm trying to say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't really know the causal factors. But I think I can speak to that. I think I can speak from that perspective because of the amount of research that I have put into the real causal dynamics of what has been going on. That's all I've done with the last tw practically 20 years of my life. So... Um, we need to get information like this and like this graph into more people's consciousness and help them to understand it at a deep fundamental level of awareness that it's all about consciousness. A word, unfortunately, that I did not hear spoken one time at the Occupy Philly protests here in Philadelphia by anyone other than myself. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's jump into uh, the topic of discussion for today, which is going to be natural law once again. We have a few more uh, weeks of going through natural law and uh, some of the most important topics that need to be discussed uh, when talking about it. We're going to be uh, talking about force versus violence this week. Um, next week, we'll be taking a look at... Uh, natural law versus the laws of man and uh, how huge that difference really is. People think that the laws of man are supposed to be in some kind of adherence or uh, mirror, a mirroring of natural law and really nothing um, could be farther from the truth. So we'll be looking at man's law versus natural law next week. The following week, um, I'm going to take a look at the dynamic of free will versus the abdication of free will and personal responsibility. So that should be a great show. Uh, that's coming up on what on earth is happening in uh, future weeks. So let's give the call-in number. I'll give it right here uh, in this segment and feel free to call in at any time. But uh, I am going to uh, uh, ask that the topic of discussion be limited to natural law or questions about natural law. Okay, so comments or questions about natural law are fine, but let's keep it on topic tonight. Uh, uh, most shows, yes, in the past I've said it's you know a free-for-all. You can talk about anything you want. Nothing is taboo or off-topic. Today, I'd like to keep the 
uh, discussion focused on natural law and specifically the topic of force versus violence would be really great if you keep it limited to that. But um, uh, you could ask any questions about natural law or make uh, any comments regarding the topic. The call-in number is 866 841 one zero six five. Once again, the call in number eight six six eight four one one zero six five. So, in the past many weeks that we've been talking about natural law as the ultimate solution, the understanding of this is rising in consciousness. Okay, that's the. These are equivalent notions. The understanding of natural law and rising up in consciousness are the same thing, okay? This is what we need in order to enact any solution to any problem, is to understand the principles of natural law and how natural law manifests in our lives. That understanding is synonymous with consciousness, okay? Um, we looked at the expressions of natural law, and since we did, I have kept this chart up on the images because it is one of the most easy to grasp and clear conceptual graphics that anybody's going to find on how natural law actually manifests. Okay, this, These are the two base expressions for our choices for natural law. We either choose the positive or the negative. We choose love or fear. And then it works through different expressions, as I've uh, termed them, the initiative expression, the internal expression, and the external expression, ultimately to give us a manifestation or a result in the physical world in which we live. Okay, And if we choose the positive dynamic of consciousness, of expansion in consciousness, and wanting to move toward greater awareness, which is love, Okay, if we choose that dynamic, that expression, we will ultimately end up with order or good. The things that we call good for ourselves, or in other words, order, an orderly existence or an orderly civilization. If instead we choose the negative expression, the negative dynamic, which is fear, okay, which manifests through ignorance, confusion, and control, we will ultimately create nothing but chaos or what we have traditionally called evil for humanity. So that's the expressions of natural law. And that chart is once again up on the uh, images section. That was slide number one. Slide number two on the website right now talks about the dynamics of morality, of right versus wrong, and the very clear distinction between these two things. And there is such a thing as right and wrong, and there is a complete antithesis between them. They are not the same thing. They're not shades of gray as people will have us believe. There's nothing relative about them. This is all satanic mindset and trying to propagate Satanism through society. Moral relativity, which as we heard in the essay that Aquinas wrote so eloquently, moral relativism is what's going to lead to the downfall of any civilization that is attempting to base itself in freedom. Because um, it's not the freedom to do whatever we want. It's the freedom to do whatever we want within the parameters of natural law, of nature's law. Not man's law, but nature's law. And nature's law is governed by the dynamic of morality. 
by the dynamic of right versus wrong. And we need to understand what our rights are and we need to understand what our rights are not. And it's actually probably even more important that we understand what our rights are not, which is a big part of what we're going to talk about here today when we take a look at the difference between force and violence. So right is always based in natural law, meaning that actions that are right, that we do have the right to take, do not result in harm to other beings. They do not harm or cause injury to another living being. Okay? Wrong, the very antithesis of the idea of a right, okay, is based on immoral behavior, is defined by immoral behavior, meaning that it has no basis in natural law. It is a violation of natural law rights, okay? Or in other words, any actions that are wrong always result in harm to another living being, harm or injury to another living being, okay? So we need to understand our rights, and the best way to do that is understanding what rights we do not have because taking an action that is wrong or not right, okay, which is not one of our rights to take, always results in harm, so we need to define our rights in the apophatic sense. Define them through the negative. Know what our rights are not. Okay, so we have a very clear understanding of what we do not have the natural law right to do. And then we can understand any everything that falls outside of those, uh, those uh, violations of natural law are our rights. Okay, so it's in the embrace of the negative pathway to arrive at the truth of what right is, okay? That's um, slide number three, uh, puts forward those concepts of the apophatic sense of knowing our rights. That's the best way to know what our rights are, to know what our rights are not because actions that are not based in morality cause harm to other living beings. The second part of this slide number three, I'm going to talk a lot about tonight, and it's that natural law holds true. It is always in effect, as it always is. It's never not in effect. But it, it holds true regardless of population. A lot of people want to make this completely inane argument, okay, that has no basis in fact, that as you have more people, that you need to somehow, in whatever ways, violate someone's natural law rights because if you didn't do that, this big group of people would somehow turn chaotic and you would not be able to deal with the situation. And this is bunk. There's no easier way of saying it. It's just completely untrue. It's a complete straw man argument. There's no basis in reality to it, okay? Natural law holds true whether there is one person, two people, eight people, 10 trillion people, or 100 Googleplex people. Okay, and yes, that is a number. Okay, there doesn't make a difference how many people exist in the world, how many beings. Natural law still is in effect, and we still need to recognize it and choose the right over the wrong, otherwise we're choosing chaos actively. So we'll get back into this dynamic on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, Looking folks. We'll be right back. Real information.
Welcome back, everyone. Let's jump right back into our discussion on natural law. Doing a brief review of concepts from past weeks. Um, we were looking at slide number three on whatonearthishappening.com on the radio show page. And we were looking at um, point number two on that slide. Uh that natural law holds true regardless of human population. It doesn't matter whether there's one or 10 quadrillion people in the world. Um, Nature's laws are always in effect. And choosing the true good, not the semblance of good, not what we think is good. See, because we can be misguided to choose the false good. You know, an, an idea that somebody has sold to us as good. That's not what I'm talking about here when I talk about choosing something that, that, le- that is based in good. I'm talking about actual virtue, okay? Actions which do not result in harm to another living being, okay? So many people are told this is going to be good and it's actually resulting in harm and trouncing other people's natural law rights that they do have a right to take. And we'll get into these things today. And I'm going to give a couple of big generalized examples, and then people can call in and ask questions about any other examples or situations. And I'll, to the best of my ability, uh, talk about whether something is within natural law or it is outside of the boundaries of natural law and therefore is a violation of someone else's rights. So um, the third point here on this slide is uh, a scenario I'm also going to uh, try to get people to visualize whether an action is actually right, is actually good versus what you may think about it in any kind of a uh, conditioned or extraordinarily brainwashed state as a lot of people, you know, really still are in in the world, okay? So this is about shedding ego, shedding attachment, shedding what, we have previously believed and getting down to knowledge about what is actually right, morally correct. Okay? So the best way of doing this is visualizing in your own mind that there is only you and one other living being present. See, because for some, and the reason I'm I'm saying this it, there's a there's a method to this visualization experience. There's a method to the madness, as they say. Whenever you put beings in herd mentality or groupthink situations, conscience leaves that scenario for the most part. This is just how this dynamic works. When there's enough people present, a mob or a huge group of people, the, the, the energy dynamic that's going on in that, specifically because so many of those people are ignorant and unlearned, that mob does not really have a conscience. So you can't envision the scenario of whether something is actually good or bad in reality when you envision groupthink scenarios. You have to take it down to the fundamental core axiom the fundamental core principle, okay? And understand, if there's only me and one other living being, is this action right or is it wrong? And then it becomes very clear 
at least to a person with a soul, it becomes very clear. To a person with a brain, it becomes very clear. Maybe to some animalistic people out there, then it's still, they still don't get the difference between right and wrong. Maybe to people without a real conscience, who are truly psychopaths at their core, their fundamental underlying nature is psychopathic, which is why I'm going to show the movie. There are people like that in the world, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we can't try to see the world through rose-colored glasses and try to just make believe that there are no psychopaths in the world. There absolutely are. There are people who are born that way through whatever function or reason. Maybe it's a genetic disorder. Maybe it's, you know, trauma that was experienced in the womb. Who knows? But there is definitely, there are definitely people who are born without conscience, without the ability to empathize with anybody else. I, I think it is an actual debilitating condition in the limbic brain, in the actual um, uh, part of the brain that generates the, the neural peptides and the other chemicals that go into the body from the brain and are released from uh, the, the glandular system within the, um, the, the uh, midbrain. And this part of the brain is simply malfunctioning. That, that, that's what helps us. This part of the brain, the, the limbic brain or the mammalian brain, is what allows us to experience emotion and to forge connections, emotional bonds with other people through the release of such uh, uh, chemicals that the brain releases into the, the human bloodstream and the, the human uh, nervous system. When that's not being done, those emotions are not present. So psychopaths do not have the ability to experience uh, the full range of human emotions. It's literally like an amputation has taken place. It's like trying to go up to someone with no arms and hand them something and say, hey, could you hold this for me for a minute? Can't be done. They don't have arms, you know? Doesn't matter how much they want to do it. And that's what a psychopath is like. And there are people like that. So we have to understand that not everybody is going to, regardless of how much information is brought to, to bear on the correctness of an action or the incorrectness of another action, they're going to choose only in the pure selfish sense of what is good for them because they don't care. They don't have the dynamic of care. They don't even have the capacity to care. The ability isn't even there. So we have to keep that in mind, you know, and understand that, yes, there are people like that in the world. So we looked at natural law transgressions. What are the harmful actions? The best way of knowing what our rights are not, what actions we do not have a right to take, is knowing what actions do cause harm. And the four basic natural law transgressions are on slide number four, murder, rape, theft, and trespass, which in past weeks, we actually simplified these things. We didn't even give more complex examples of them, but simplified them and said that ultimately they're all one. There is one underlying natural law trespass. And and that is theft. That is taking that which does not belong to you, whether it is a life, whether it is someone else's safety or well-being, whether it is someone else's health, whether it is someone else's property, whether it is someone else's uh, personal space or security within that space. Okay? That's, that, that's what all wrongdoing boils down to. So it's all right doing is understanding is, is the understanding of what do you have a right to own? What is your true property? And your true property is your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And yes, that could extend to your living uh, space, your, the lair that, in which you live and operate. I do believe in actual property rights, definitely. Okay? I'm speaking to you through a microphone that I own. I'm speaking to you through a computer that I own. 
if someone tried to come in here and take phys physical objects I happen to be using and depend upon to do certain tasks and activities, that's a morally wrong thing. It's not, it doesn't belong to them. It's my property. I do have a right to use it. Okay, so there is such a thing as property, both internal property and external property. <clears throat> I think this notion definitely extends too far with people who want more and more and more and more and more and can never get enough and want the whole world to be their own. You know, there are some things we don't have a right to own. But my fundamental point here is natural law transgressions all boil down to theft, taking that which does not belong to you. That's what all wrongdoing is about. It's a theft in some form or another. So let's get into the deep topic for today that we're going to expand upon and hopefully take some calls on. And this is force versus violence. One of the main fundamental areas of natural law that needs to be studied and the difference needs to be discerned. This is about discernment between polar opposites like right and wrong. Okay, yeah, we live in a world of duality. Okay, there, there are things that we have to make the discernment about what's real and what's illusion. Okay, because at the fundamental essence level, there isn't any duality. There's only one thing and everything else is based in the ego mind set. Okay, the ego mind. And that's the illusory component that we need to burn away so that we purify and get down to the fundamental essence of what is true, so that we're left with truth and love and goodness. These are the real, and all of this other stuff is illusion that the ego mind creates. You know, the ego, again, doesn't need to be eliminated. It needs to be recognized and used as the tool that it is to help us operate in the three-dimensional world to gain experience and learn and grow. Unfortunately, the ego has set up camp in most people's mind in, and in their hearts and said, I'm taking over this house. And you're not booting me out of here even for a second. So force versus violence. We need to define these in order to exercise discernment and know which is which and when these are present in any given situation. So we're going to look at the definition of force and the definition of violence in the next segment. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Okay, everyone, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're taking a look now at the crux of today's discussion on natural law, which is on slide number five on whatonearthishappening.com on the radio show page. And this is a simple chart that takes a look at the differences between force and violence. And there is a huge difference between them. And this is where we are going to get into the power of words. Words are ultimately what shape and create our reality. Words are vibratory energy. If we don't understand the words that we are using 
and the words that this world is made of, we are going to be powerless to truly affect any real change either either within our own consciousness and certainly in the external world around us. We're not going to be able to create any of that influence to create change unless we understand words and their effects. So, these two words have too long been used synonymously. They are not synonyms. They are only synonyms in the completely mind-controlled brain. That's where they exist as synonyms. These words are the complete antithesis of each other. They are opposites. They are opposites in what they affect in the, in the actual 3D world in which we live, and they are opposites in their essence, at the core of their essence, because one of them is based in right. One of them is based in natural law and natural law's principles. One of them is based in wrong. One of them is a violation of natural law rights. So that's what I'm going to hopefully be able to get some of the listeners of this broadcast here today to grasp and deeply understand. Not everyone will understand this, and that's fine. Okay? Let's take a look first at definitions. Force is defined as the capacity to do work or cause physical change. The capacity. Okay? It is a an ability to get something done. That's what force is. It is energy. You need energy to do something. Strength or active power. Okay? So you could use will actually interchangeably with the word force. The force of one's will. The force of knowledge. The force of truth. It's a power. An active power. It's the male principle as I described it last week. The masculine principle. Again, is much more accurate to call it. Force is based in right. That's the key thing to keep in mind. And this is what people have done. The dominators, the occultists, have obfuscated, they've used the technique, the mind manipulation technique through words to obfuscate or confuse the difference, okay, to blur this difference, between force and violence by using force interchangeably with violence, with the word violence, to try to get people to associate the word force with doing something that is violent. I'm talking about the essence of the word force, and we're talking about force again as a noun, a force. We're not talking about forcing somebody to do something. That's coercion. See, it would be better to say using violence to get somebody to do something because then you're really clear in words. See, this is all about connotative meaning and what people think 
is meant by something. It is the perception of meaning. And unfortunately, that's where words begin to really fail humanity because you, you have to elaborate more and more and be more um, uh, superfluous with your words to try to be as clear as possible about what you mean by a certain term. This is why uh, you know, just using one word is just so inadequate and it's going to take a whole show to basically really help someone to understand the difference between these terms. So let's look at violence and what that is. Let's give the basic definition for that. Violence is the immoral use of physical power or force to coerce, compel, or restrain. In other words, it's taking an action against someone else that you didn't have a right under natural law to take. These are actions that resulted in harm or injury to another living being. That's what violence is. So let's look at it like this. An easier way to look at it, ladies and gentlemen, is the left-hand column, okay, and the definition that we gave for force at the top part of that column is the use of this capacity. Look at that column in blue there as usage, okay? And on the right-hand side, that red column, right, look at that side where it says violence and the definition that we've given up there at the top in the, in the first box underneath violence, look at that as abuse. So th- we're, we're taking these definitions, okay, and we're, we're elaborating on them, but the best way of seeing the, the real dichotomy, the real hardcore difference between these two ideas is one is proper use and the other is abuse, abuse, improper use, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so that's the key factor to keep in mind. One is use, the proper use under natural law. That's force. The other is always wrong to take, to initiate that action. So force is always based in something that is voluntary. That's why we have a right to do it, to use a force. You you have a right to use force to build a home. You have a right to use force to lift a book. You have a right to use force to make a meal. You have a right, you use force when you lift food to your mouth and put it in your mouth and chew it. You're actively using different forces that you have a right to use to do those things. As soon as coercion enters the picture, you have left the world of force and you have entered the realm of violence. You have left usage and you have turned to abuse because violence is the initiation of action that you do not have a right to take against another. It is coercive action. Force is voluntary action. You did it of your own free will, uh, volitionally. It is based in morality and natural law. As soon as another is harmed by any amount of force that you're using, when you initiated that behavior, 
Okay, and I want to qualify it by that statement. You initiated it and someone is harmed. That's always violence. That's always wrong. That's always against natural law. And you never have a right to do that under any circumstances. Okay? So as I said last week, the the real difference between these two types of action is one is initiated where the right to initiate did not exist. So it does matter who starts an act of violence. It absolutely matters. This is another brainwashing technique that people who want to own the monopoly on force and say, oh, we're the ones who are allowed to use any force, okay? And if we see violence, it doesn't matter who started it, we're going to we're going to do something negative to both people involved. You know, it doesn't matter who started the violence and then who might have been using force to protect themselves against violence. We're going to just, you know, operate the same way over both of those and it doesn't matter who started it. Well, this is another form of complete bunk and mind control. It absolutely matters who initiated the first action that they did not have the right to take. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's all that matters when it comes to this principle, when it comes to understanding this dynamic. We'll look deeper into the difference between force and violence on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is what on earth is happening. We're back, everyone. We are looking at the dynamic regarding natural law of force versus violence today on what on earth is happening. And we are on image number five on whatonearthishappening.com on the radio show page under images for today's show or image number five along with this podcast if you're listening by podcast. We went through a couple of these dynamics on this chart, and I want to finish up this chart and look at uh, one other uh, set of set of principles to take a, a, a very deep understanding of what actions fall within our natural law rights, and, and therefore we do have a right to take versus those which do not, and therefore the ones we do not have a right to take, before I start talking about some specific examples that I want to give here today. So, force is voluntary action. It is always based in morality or right or natural law. It does not violate another's natural law rights, okay? Violence is always the initiation and use of coercive action, and that is never based in morality or natural law. It's always wrong, okay? Force, we always have a right to use it because it doesn't violate anyone else's natural law rights. Violence, we never have a right to to use violence. There's no such thing as a right to use violence under any circumstances. And you'll understand what I mean by that, okay? Force may be used to defend oneself against violence. 
So I'm going to use an example of that. It's the only time that we are allowed to do something that ordinarily we would not be allowed to do under natural law. So I guess I could give an example of this now, okay? If an attacker comes up to me on the street, I walk out of my home, I walk down to my corner, and I'm accosted on the street, and someone says, if you don't give me whatever money you happen to have or any other valuables you happen to have in your pockets, you know, of your jacket and pants, I'm going to do harm to you in some form or another. They might have a gun, they might have a knife, they might just want to beat you with their hands, okay? This is the initiation and use of coercive action. It is not based in natural law or morality. Therefore, I then receive the right to put down that action. Okay, I would then be able to use force, not violence, but force to put down that action. And I would be allowed to use whatever amount of force is required to put down that action under natural law. It's, it's very simple if you just think of it in these terms. If I responded to that by saying, I'm not giving you anything, and then the person tried to come at me, okay, I would be able to use whatever force I was able to use, whether I had a gun on me and squeeze the trigger and put a bullet in that individual, whether I took out uh, a club or a knife or uh, a tire iron or whatever I had on me to put down that person's incursion against my natural law rights, I would receive that right at that point, okay? Now, yes, that action would be doing harm to that other individual's body, but only after they abdicated their right to stay free of harm by initiating violence, by using force that they did not have the right to use in that instant for coercion, okay, to compel me to give them something. You understand the difference. It's critical to understand that difference. We'll look at this deeper on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Topic of discussion for today is force versus violence as one of the major components of understanding natural law. So we're looking at slide number five on the uh, 12 images that I've posted uh, with this broadcast on the website and we were looking at an, a specific example the example where someone is accosted threatened with violence and maybe violence has actually been initi initiated against them okay so someone has attempted to attack someone in order to take something from them that does not belong to them let's take a look at this action in depth is force being used 
by the attacker or is violence being used by the attacker? Well, they don't have a right to do what they're doing. They're taking something. It's theft. It's one of the natural law transgressions. They're trying to take that which does not belong to them. Therefore, this is the immoral use of physical power to coerce, compel, or restrain. That is what violence is. So this is a violent action. Okay, It is the initiation and use of coercion action which is not based in morality or natural law. Violence is action which one never possesses the right to take. So this person is not within their natural law rights. Okay, Natu- uh, Violence always involves the violation of another's natural law rights. So I step out into the street, an attacker comes at me, they want my money, they start swinging on me. They have violated my natural law rights to remain safe, healthy, and in keeping of my own possessions. Okay? Therefore, I then receive a right, okay, to do something to correct that situation. As a matter of fact, it's it's a right I've always had, okay? I now have the right to exercise that right, okay? And I want to be very specific about this and try to explain it as clearly as possible because this is where people don't understand that if I were to have to, to put down this attack, I would not physically put it down, okay? To beat back this attack in some form or another, okay, such that this other being who this other immoral person who came at me was incapacitated through my physical action, I would not have performed violence. I would have used force to do that. So let's take a look at my response. Let's say I'm armed, okay? I'm carrying. So I take out the weapon and I fire two rounds into the center of mass. Was that an act of violence? This is the fundamental question of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Ask yourself this question. Is that, would that be able to be construed as an act of violence? And I would say absolutely not. That is not violence. That was a response to violence based in force, not based in violence. See, this is where you have to get out of your mind control, folks, that the state has put you in and that in many cases, the new age movement has even put you in. Okay. If I respond physically to an act of violence to protect myself, I have not engaged violence with violence. I have responded to violence with the amount of force which is based in right, okay? I have a right to protect myself in that situation, okay? So I have not responded with violence. I have responded with force, the amount of force necessary to put down that attack. So let's look at this chart and see where my actions fall, okay? The, the attacker came at me, tries to take what I have. I discharge a weapon and put the attacker down. Okay? I have exercised my capacity to cause physical change 
I have used energy, strength, or active power at my disposal because my natural law rights were being violated. Violence was being done to me. So I engaged in an action which I possessed. Here's the concept of possession or ownership again. Inherently within me, I have the right to take out my capacity to act and then exert it in the physical world, okay? I have a right to take my capacity to act and then put it into effect in the physical world. That's a called a right. So force, which is what I would be using in this instance, I always have a right. Force is backed by right. Violence is never backed by right. It is wrong in 100% of the circumstances. There is no such thing as a justification for violence. If you understand the real definition of the word violence versus the real definition of the word force. But here is where we have a, um, a problem with semantics and people get into semantical games and arguments and they never actually hit the nail on the head with the difference between these things. They still insist that they are the same because they want to play semantics games with words. That's exactly what the occultists, the mind controllers, the complete psychopaths of this world are doing with words to try to obfuscate their meaning. Did I violate another person's natural law rights in my action in that circumstance? Absolutely not. I did not. I possessed the right to take that action and I used it properly because my life was under threat. That's what the ability to defend yourself with force is all about. And every single individual has that right inherently. Nobody grants you that right. You have that right. If violence is being done to you or the violation of your natural law rights is being done to you, you do possess, whether you exercise it or not is up to you, but you do possess the right, meaning you are within your natural law right to put down that attack against your natural law rights, okay, by what the amount of force necessary to put the attack down. Now, again, you don't have to exercise that. You can say... I'm not going to, to cause that harm to that person, even though I now have that right to do that because of what they've done. You can choose to turn the other cheek. That's also within your right. But I want to make it real clear. You have absolutely every right to put down that violent attack by, the, by whatever amount of force is required to do it. Okay? So... On the other side of this break, let's take a look at the dynamic of what is an actual violation under natural law, okay? And let's talk about the dynamic of people who think they have rights that they don't have, and, and therefore they're actually doing acts of violence that they don't have a right to do, and think they do have that right.
Okay, folks, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. Let's jump right back into the difference between force and violence, which is the topic for today's show. Once again, force is our capacity to actually create change in the world. And we have a right to actually exercise voluntary action that doesn't violate others' natural law rights. Once the initiation of natural law rights has occurred, it falls within that individual's choice whether they want to use their capacity to create change and to exercise force if they want to use that and put it into practice in the world. And they would have the right to do it. Now, understand, brainwashed people out there don't think that that's a human right. There are people who would not think that that would be within someone's rights. People who don't understand their rights think that someone would not have the right to put down an attacker when they have violated their rights, when they have come for something that doesn't belong to them. Regardless of what import you might place on the possession, that's irrelevant. You are violating my body. You're threatening me with violence and possibly death because you want something that doesn't belong to you. Maybe you just consider the territory you live in, you know, the neighborhood. I might have crossed into a, a neighborhood where a drug dealer looks at this as this is my block or my corner and I just want to pass to get safely to my home and therefore they're going to come at me and do violence. It's the same situation, folks. They're threatening somebody and they're threatening their natural law rights. They're threatening their well-being and they're taking that which they don't have a right to take. And you need to get down to the fundamental, very simple baseline dynamic. Wrong is being committed. But more than that, wrong is being started, initiated. There's the key to keep in mind. It is all about who starts it. Okay? You ever hear this street saying, don't start none, won't be none? Have you ever heard that phrase? That's that's it. That means don't violate another being's natural law rights, period. Why? Because you don't have a right to. If you don't want somebody somebody else reacting to the violation of their rights with force to put down that attack, don't start the problem to begin with. Don't violate another person's natural law rights. It's real simple. Understand what you do own and what you don't own. And what I mean that by that is understand you own your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions. Once you get into the territory of trying to stop other people from exercising their natural law rights... You've crossed into the territory of violence. You don't have that right. Nobody can grant you that right. So this is what I want to talk about with another example that I'm going to, a couple more examples I'm going to give, and then we'll go to the phones, of understanding when a violation of natural law right has taken place so that you can understand what rights do exist, what rights don't exist, and so therefore you can understand that rights that don't exist cannot be granted cannot be granted. The only thing that ever grants someone the right to do something that they originally don't have the right to start doing 
is when they have already been violated, when their rights have already been violated. Someone attempting to rape a woman, the woman has a right to physically beat back that attack with whatever amount of force is required to do it. Okay? She has been violated. Her rights have been violated. Her ability to express her sexuality with who she voluntarily chooses has been violated. That's an act of violence, which no one has the right to take. Okay? That's what rape is. Therefore, if she wants to take out a, a, a Beretta and put two slugs into someone's head that, that raped her, she has the right to do that. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is we need to understand when we're allowed to use force. There is the right to use force against someone else, physically, physically. And this is something I know the, the New Age movement has brainwashed people about. That there's, you can never take a forceful action against another person's body. Wrong. Absolutely you can. You're within your right to do that. I don't care how controversial that sounds to, to, to little emasculated little boys out there. Okay? That's the truth. That's the truth, folks. You need to know what your rights are so that you can step up and defend them when they're being violated. And people need to know what their rights are not so that they don't just start magically dreaming up that they have rights that they never will possess. And here's one of them, taxation. Taxation is a right that doesn't exist, never has existed, never will exist. And yet people think that this is so moral that it's, as a matter of fact, they have reversed it completely around it, thinking that it's immoral to resist being taxed, being stolen from. The right, the, the, the right to keep the product of your labors, if you don't want to give that up, to be then used for more immoral purposes, people think you're immoral for not wanting to do that. This is how ass-backwards and completely brainwashed this society is. So, let's give an example, taxation. Let's take it back to one other person in the world, Okay? You take your mind back to that space. It's just me and one other living being. Do I have a right to say to that other living being, listen, there's, we're living on a small, let's say we're living on a small planet someplace. It's really small. It's like, you know, a hundredth the size of the moon. Gravity's real low, but it grows lush, lush, you know, uh, vegetation and plant, there, there's food. If, w me and one other person are living on that world. Okay. Do I have a right to say to this person, listen, anything you do here to, to make or create, I'm taking an arbitrary amount of it that I decide whether you like it or not. If you don't comply, I'm going to do some form of violence against you, or I may just, you know, tie you up to that tree, shove food in your mouth to keep you alive whenever I feel like it, but I'm not, I'm not going to let you move from that spot. Would I have a right to, to say that to that person and to do those things? Absolutely not. It's theft. That person would be exercising their labor under their volition to create whatever they created from the fruits of their labor, okay, to use their ability to do work, which is force, okay, to maybe 
harvest food or plant crops or whatever they were going to do in that natural situation, I don't have a right ever to come along with violence and with coercion, with co compelling threats to say, you're going to do this or else there's going to be physical repercussions. That's called violence. That's the definition of violence. Now, if that person resisted me and said, nonsense, I'm not going to give you anything that I make unless I make a voluntary agreement to do that because we talked about it and we agreed on what we're going to exchange. And that person said, you try to come at me with any form of violence and I'm going to put down that act of aggression. This is the aggression principle or the aggression ideology is a better way of saying it. Okay, I'm going to put down your aggressive ideology in whatever way I need to put it down if you try to come at me with violence. And that person would be well within their rights in that scenario. And it doesn't make a difference. The, the people who are going to go and say, well, with 7 billion people in the world, there's a big difference. No, there's no difference. All natural law rights are inherent. Man did not invent them, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't make up natural law. They are here in the creation, inherently. The creator put them there. That's who instilled rights and wrongs. And we need to know which is which, and we need to start understanding it fast because of the direction we're headed as, as a people. We'll be right back and give some more examples. You sleep, obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with sunglasses, we see the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolic that you couldn't see. Obey, no independent thought. Don't think we're back, everyone. I want to talk about another dynamic associated with this, this idea of force versus violence and knowing the difference. So we're going to talk about taxation. But before we do that, I just gave the example of taxation as one individual claiming that they have a right to tax another individual. Okay, because again, to get back to whether something is actually based in morality or not, we use the example of visualization, visualizing that there are only two people present. If you have the right to do it in that situation, it exists as a right. If, if it would be wrong if there were only two people present, which I just gave in the last example, and I think anyone that has any inkling of conscience or morality within them recognizes inherently the wrongness of what someone would be doing demanding that that other individual basically act as their slave. You're going to do this for me. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to come and take what you've made. They can claim all they want. It's for the greater good and it's going to be used for all wonderful purposes. It is irrelevant what it's going to be used for. If you are taking it based on coercion, based on the removal of choice, telling someone you don't have a choice in the matter, your free will is being usurped by me. And if you choose, try to choose to just keep what you have, I'm going to do violence to you. Does this sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Because it should. This is the society we have and we live in, and people actually think it's right. That's how brainwashed they are, that they actually believe that that is right, or it is a right, exists as a right. 
No one individual owns that right. No one possesses that right. You can't find me one person or out of the 7 billion people living on this planet that in that situation has the right or in any situation has the right to take what they say. They could just say they're allowed to take from another living human being. It, that right doesn't exist, folks. Period. The end. It doesn't exist. No one can prove that that right exists because it does not. Okay? Nothing you ever say or try to justify will ever make that a, an existing right. So rights that do not exist for an individual because they cause harm or defraud another individual, that's the definition of what wrong is. That's what a violation of natural law is. We're, I'm talking about the concepts on slide number six here now. Okay, the violation of another person an act of violence is the, the result is that individual has been harmed or defrauded. That's what violence is. You have taken that which you don't have a right to take from them. Whether it be their safety, their property, or their rights. So if that is not a right to do that, meaning it's a wrong, okay? Meaning you don't have a right to do that action. If that right does not exist for an individual, no individual living has that right, then that in invariably, logically even, follows no individual can ever say to another individual, you suddenly have this right. It can't be granted through any mechanism, through any means ever to another living human being. Do I have a right to arbitrarily walk up to someone with a hammer and crack their skull? That right doesn't exist. I can write it down on paper. I can get a whole bunch of people to agree that this right exists and write it down and put an official seal on it and stamp it and put it in a law book someplace. And that right's never going to exist, ladies and gentlemen, because it's always based in violence. And that's what taxation is. See, the next slide, number seven, has two really phrases that really hit the nail on the head about what taxation is. It's theft. It is the fundamental fundamental violation of natural law rights. It is the fundamental um, transgression against natural law. Theft, the one we boiled it all down to. The one wrongdoing that all other wrongdoings are based on. It also says taxation is slavery because if you can take that which someone else has produced by an act of theft, okay, and you're claiming that that person doesn't have a right to actually rebel against that theft and claim that they have the right to keep what they have made with their, the sweat of their brow and the labor of their own hands. They're a slave. That's the definition of slavery. That's what slavery is. People that don't have a right to keep what they've made. That's what slavery is at its core, at its essence, but more profound and fundamental than this about these two things are indeed what slavery is. It is theft and it is, I'm sorry, taxation is. It is theft and it is slavery. Taxation is both of those things. But even more fundamental, fundamental than that, taxation is violence. Put an equal sign between those two words, folks, because that's what it is. Taxation and violence are the exact same thing. It's just calling one thing another. You are using 
force, which you do not have a right to use to take, which that does not belong, take that, which does not belong to you. And that is the very definition of violence that we gave in the previous uh, slide. It can't get any more clear or cut. The people who don't understand this are not raised. They are not raised in consciousness. They are not raised in compassion. They are not raised in the understanding of natural law. And they certainly aren't raised in conscience, in the knowing between right and wrong, which is knowing which rights you actions you have a right to take or do not have a right to take. I know that I don't have a right to go and take something that doesn't belong to me. I don't care what good I'm going to do with it. Believe me, I could do a lot of good in the world teaching this information if I had more money. But that doesn't give me the right to go and say, you need to give me money to do this. Somebody has to make the decision to help someone else. You can't coerce um, <coughs> good deeds. You can't coerce good deeds out of somebody else by saying you must do it because it's right or I'm going to hurt you. That's saying you're going to do a wrong thing to get somebody else to do a right thing. I'm going to use violence to create something good. Yeah, that'll work. Sure. And people who say it's hypocritical to say that when I've just told you you have a right to defend yourself against violence, you, don't, you still don't understand what your rights are. You have a right to use force to protect your physical vessel, which you are in ownership while you are inhabiting it. You are the steward of this vessel while you're alive in this three-dimensional form. Your body, in other words. You own your body while you're alive here. While you're in this physical incarnation. And I have that means I have a right to protect it. And if someone comes at me with violence, and I know I have harmed none, and I do have a right to remain safe in my body, I have a right to defend myself with force against that being coming at me with violence. Eternally, I have that right. We need to get this straight, ladies and gentlemen, and stop being... Um, uh, just brainwashed over it. I mean, that's the only way of putting it. People just are completely under a, a hypnotic trance because they think that people ha have the right to do actions that they never will have the right to do. And they think people don't have the right to defend themselves against these violent acts. And they're, they're simply wrong. There's no other way to put it. You're just wrong about that if that's what you think. So let's look at another example, okay? That's taxation. Let's take a look at another example, and then we'll go to the phones in the last segment. How about people who are saying that if other people tell them that this group of people no longer has the right to assemble or speak, I'm going to go over and I'm going to attempt to take away their right to assemble and speak. And this one will get me... I'm going to really endeavor to try to stay calm about this one because this is one of the things that is the, I guess you could say, nearest and dearest to my heart. Speech is one of the most fundamental natural law rights, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it was enshrined in that capacity in the Bill of Rights to the Constitution. Okay? Now, I don't believe in man's law. I'm just saying that was the was the um, attempt, that was the intention 
of what they attempted to do, to enshrine that as the ultimate right. It's the first thing. Principle means first thing. They attempted to encode that principle, that truth, into the very first thing in the Bill of Rights, which is a restraint against government on what it may never do. It's all negative statements. Congress shall not, shall not, shall not. And they said it won't, it shall not make any law that abridges the freedom of speech. And yet, in this very state, when the G20 came to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that's what a whole bunch of people thought that they magically were granted the right to do. Suppress free speech. At we'll HempUSA.org. Okay, last segment of what on earth is happening for today. I want to talk about people who think that they have magically acquired the right to put down freedom of speech and assembly. And that's exactly what we saw right here in the state where I live, on the opposite side of this state in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago during the G20 protests, which you could just look up on YouTube and find out how much violence was done. And not only that, just the outright violation by the city of saying, you don't have a right to come out and assemble and protest and speak your mind. Imagine the nerve, the unmitigated gall. I mean, I have no respect for this city after this. None. I have no respect for the people of that city for putting up with that and not being so enraged about your city just told you you don't have the, the rights that are supposed to be guaranteed and protected under the First Amendment. That's what they told the whole city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And you know what the people, the mass bulk of the people of that city did? I don't want to say a blanket statement and say this applies to everyone in that city. But as a, as a generalization, that city rolled over and took it. They rolled over and just accepted it. And that made me lose a whole lot of respect. Because I thought that was a city of people who, you know, weren't going to take anything like that and who we're going to stand up for their rights and their beliefs and what they know to be right. But boy, was I proven wrong. You know, the, the protesters who did stand up to those individuals are courageous and moral individuals. Unfortunately, they're up against the stacked deck with militarized police, with military weaponry. And so there's a lot of fear and, you know, they really didn't have the ability to do much about their situation. But if you look at it at a fundamental level, did they have the right to put down that act of aggression? If the crowd chose to do so, they absolutely had every right to use whatever amount of force would have been required to put down that act of violence because that's what those cops were engaged in and they were breaking natural law and those cops should not be free people today as a result of that. They shouldn't be free. They're criminals. Let's, let's be real specific about that word. That's what those cops are. Not some of them, all of them. Now I am making a blanket statement. Okay? 
every single one of those cops who participated in that act of violence against people's natural law rights are criminals and don't belong to be walking in civilization free because of what they've done. They, they have done. Personally, I don't think they even should be rotting in a jail someplace. I think they should be ostracized from society. I think anybody that keeps company with an individual like that is slime themselves. And I don't care what anybody thinks for me of me saying that. I could care less what you think of me saying that. I'm not here, like I've said many times in the past, ladies and gentlemen, and yeah, I get fired up over this. You know, I experience a full range of human emotions because I'm truly human. Okay. I've said this many times in the past. Okay. Um, uh, I, I lost my train of thought there because I'm, I get so, so nuts about this in particular, which I said I, I wasn't going to do. But, you know, I, when I think about people trying to take pe- people's speech, see, because that's the thing that makes us the closest to the, to the creative essence is the ability to speak. That's the thing that makes us closest, takes us closest to the creator. Vibratory energy, the communication of ideas and knowledge How dare anyone try to say that they're going to cut off that right? An assembly with other people who you can share knowledge with. This is a fundamental human right that no one has a right to violate. That's why the people who founded this country tried to enshrine that above everything else. And they said, if this is what's being violated, you know that you have the most serious of problems in your midst. And you need to act quickly to reverse that condition and correct that problem. Another place that violence has always been going on is in the military. Okay? Of course, it's entirely built on violence. Okay? But in particular, I want to talk about regimes who have started violence and attempted to take things that they don't have a right to take like lands or people's rights or resources. And this is basically what the military does regardless of what country they're from. So I've deliberately in slide number nine here put something that I want to be seen as offensive by people to shake them up and make them realize there's no difference between the left side of that image and the right side of that image. The modern military that is waging wars of imperialism and aggression to take the resources of other sovereign peoples that they don't have a right to take are no different than, than Nazi Germany. No different than the Nazis who marched across borders into other countries and raped other people's rights and murdered countless millions and you know and and other countries uh regimes that have done this as well well to their own people even like like stalin's regime or mao's regime it's no different we need to lose respect for the people who haven't earned any of our respect because they haven't even shown themselves any respect. They don't have self-respect. How are they going to earn the respect of somebody else? They're hired mercenaries who are willing to go and take a paycheck to do something that's completely immoral. And I don't care how strong people think my words are about that. That's true. That's the truth. That's what's going on. That's what our military is about. To, To summarize 
everything we've been talking about about natural law, you really just have to understand that unless we harmonize with natural law principles, there is no way we're ever going to achieve true freedom, peace, prosperity, survival, and evolutionary progress. Moreover, no evolutionary progress in consciousness will ever truly be made. It's like a chicken and an egg scenario. You need an evolutionary progress in consciousness to understand natural law at all. But without that understanding, forget about peace, forget about prosperity, forget freedom, and ultimately forget survival because humanity is going the way of the dodo. Goodbye, extinction. If we don't really turn our mind around and grasp an understanding of natural law real fast. When we want to live in opposition to natural law, good luck staring down a freight train, folks, because that's what we're really doing. And that's what these police are doing who want to violate other people's natural law rights to speak. That's what the military is doing who want to go and violate other people's natural law rights to exist free to, to exist peaceably in their country. That's what <coughs> that's what people who want to collect taxation are doing. And there's a million other violations of natural law going on all around us that we could talk about until we're blue in the face. But ultimately, I want to wrap up the discussion today and then take a couple of quick phone calls by saying, by quoting Francis Bacon, who was the head of the Rosicrucian order at uh, a time, I believe, in the um, late 1500s or early 1600s. I could be uh, wrong about those dates. It might be uh, later than that. But he said... Uh, it might be uh, late 16 into early 1700s. He said, nature to be commanded must first be obeyed. Natural law is not really an option. See, at some sense, at some level, the free will we think we have is illusory at the level of natural law. There's only, nature is the grandest dictator. You could look at it like that, folks. But it's not dictation for our enslavement. It's dictation for our survival, for our growth. We need to understand how nature's laws works, work because that is the living system that we exist within, that we are embedded within. And if we don't understand that body in which we exist, Okay, we're ultimately destroying ourselves. So if we want peace and prosperity and true freedom, and we want to be able to command the forces of nature, we first have to understand nature's laws and live in harmony with them. The end. That is just how it works. And the only way we're going to ever understand that and accept that is to get out of the ego mind and start to learn natural law. So let's go to the phones with the last few minutes that we have. Larry... In, uh, excuse me, here we go. Larry in Louisiana, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. You can take us out. Yeah, where it says all persons born or naturalized and subject to the laws, and subject to the laws is an act of violence because no man right. or group of men have the right to subjugate all people. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Larry. And those are great words to go out on. We'll see you here next week on What on Earth is Happening, folks. Stick around. Chris Everard is up next here on Oracle Broadcasting.